0: welcome to Chinese Chippy Girl episode 8 which is actually my lucky number I guess and I think it's a lucky number for most Chinese people out there too because 8 in Cantonese is bat, and lucky in Cantonese is fat which rhymes. Now, Now I read that out loud it sounds a bit strange doesn't it? Thank you so much for finding me on your podcast platform. If you haven't already, please subscribe so you'll receive updates on when my next episodes are live. And if you do want to help me, please tell your friends about these pods. And if you're sharing on Instagram, then don't forget to tag me, Chinese Chippy Girl. In this episode, I speak to my sister, Christina. We talk about our upbringing, raising our kids with bicultural identity being body shamed by our asian aunties and we talk about our mum who lived with christina for about 10 years and how parents living with children is just so common in asia so without further ado i invite you all to listen to man and christina's conversation take it away sis oh yes is that us now yeah that's us now yeah
1: Uh, (laughs) it's really stressful isn't it (laughs) i don't know how people do it on a daily basis (laughs) hold on let me just unplug
0: i'm wide awake now Uh, are you okay i know it's a bit stressful isn't it yeah what are you eating just porridge have you got a coffee as well course oh, a strong coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got it in a sleepy mug. You know, whenever I come over to your house and stay over, I always use that cup.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good sized mug. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, sis, thanks for coming on my show. You are episode eight. Of Chinese Chippy oh, Girl I know hey, it's number, looking yeah. I know exactly lucky number well that's one of the reasons why I thought <laughs> it's actually one of the reasons why I thought okay I'll get my sister on the show but I know we've been speaking about it um we've been speaking about you coming on the show but we just didn't really you know we, it was talk and then we didn't really plan it or anything like that and then uh but yeah here we are so um anyway do you want to do you want me to do you want me to introduce you or do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, no, no, just uh, I'm
1: your sister and that's <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> so the listeners out there, I have decided to interview my sister. Uh, she's called Christina. She's about seven years older than me and she lives in Edinburgh. And uh, apparently we sound alike. Because do you remember like, that idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the... We'll say to you that, like, oh my God, you sound just like your sister. Like you sound... <laughs> Oh, we'll probably need to do. We'll probably, you know, whenever we're speaking, we'll probably need to be like, "Also, like, oh, Christina, what do you think of this?" Or, or, or you'd have to. Be like, I don't know, Georgie. So people would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think we sound alike. I don't uh, think we
1: sound like probably at all. probably do because you know it's you know it's normal to sound alike because you know we both grew up in the same town. You know, yeah, just but, like other siblings, really. You know, if they grew up in the same town, then uh, you know they would sound. Mm-hmm. Alike, you know. But similar I feel like, accent.
0: Yeah. But I feel I'm more I feel I'm more northern than you are though. Um and I don't know. Someone someone once said to me that uh we sound alike, but just my my voice is more like a character. <laughs> my voice is oh, more yeah. animated. I think it was Linda who said that. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I totally digress there. So this is my sister yeah. Christina. Uh, she's my big sister I also have a little brother as well Uh, maybe one day I'll get him on the show and um, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway I have a little brother and I am a middle child which I've basically said in pretty much all my pods honestly I bang on about my middle childness it's crazy Um, and uh, and my sister um, my sister lives in Edinburgh in fact Christina do you want to just Tell them what you're currently doing in Edinburgh, your family lifestyle. Do you want to just give a top update with how you got to Edinburgh? Because we are not from Edinburgh, you moved there. In fact, rather well, me tell the story over to you.
1: I grew up uh, in Macclesfield in Cheshire, and then uh, I left uh, to go to a university in Edinburgh, and then I found a part-time job and I worked in a restaurant. Uh, and then that's how I met my husband. Uh, and so we settled here. Uh, and so we're like, I think we're classed as like maybe second generation of uh, British-born Chinese or first generation. I don't know how you class it, um, but we're like British-born Chinese. I'm British-born Chinese. And so my children, I think they'll be classed as uh, uh, British born Chinese second generation so they're uh, my my kids are uh, Scottish so they yeah. have a Scottish accent but they're born in Edinburgh yeah. and so we just settled here and uh, I have a restaurant and that's it there's nothing mm. much more to explain really. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's basically, very exciting I don't find it very exciting no it's really it. no, no it's
0: very exciting you know what it's really similar to um, my previous podcast I think episode six I think with Yi who runs Dumpling Shack in, um, in London and I was really interested in speaking to her and she's got a similar story to you because she was also brought up in, in a Chinese takeaway as well and she managed the takeaway like how we managed mm-hmm. the takeaway because our pa- parents didn't mm-hmm. speak English you know, like a lot of uh, BBCs um, who have brought up in a takeaway because it's just such a hard grafting job. Whenever we left home, the last thing we wanted to do was get back into the Chinese industry mm-hmm. or the Chinese takeaway yeah. industry. But what's what's interesting about you and Yi is that um, you you both were in a successful. Chinese restaurant or a Chinese market stall you know like mm. a food stall um so I think that's something that's really that's something that's really interesting mm. but let's rewind back a little bit because let's tell people how we got to Edinburgh so I think it's really interesting because so actually a few things so I'm jumping around a little bit so the first generation BBC and second generation BBC there isn't really um, a strong um uh, like a definitive uh, category I, I suppose it's called mm-hmm. because i once wrote a post because i wanted to hear from people who were first generation uh bbcs who were born in the uk mm-hmm. but then somebody corrected me said you know what you're not actually first generation because the first generation would be the immigrants that moved here so they oh, i see man, or the grandparents okay. yeah, yeah but but then I was speaking to, um, then I was listening to um, a podcast, I think it was you know, Crazy British Asian, this guy called Chris, and he was interviewing someone that is second born generation. So it's basically, um, if your parents were already born here, then mm-hmm. that makes you second born. So I think it's just really clarifying that we are first generation British born Chinese. So that's me and you. And obviously, oh, okay. both your kids and uh, Sadie as well, um, mm-hmm. they are second born, second British born, uh, blah, 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 second yeah. generation British British-born. So it's basically. Yeah. yeah, I, think, I, think I you can
1: see to, that.
0: I think you have yeah. to say the British born. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm happy to debate it or happy to be corrected if that's not right.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
0: think one thing that um, what's really, really interesting is because dad He'd moved to the UK in, I think, in the 1970s. I think mm-hmm. maybe it's yeah. in the late 60s. Uh-huh. I think it's 69. He was uh, he moved to the UK, mm-hmm. and then uh, Dad fell in love with Edinburgh. He worked in a, a Chinese restaurant called Dragon's Castle. Oh, and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> you missed that bit out okay. but yeah dad worked in a, uh, in a restaurant called uh dragon's castle and um and then fast forward a few years he met mum fast forward a few more years you know he bought a chippy uh in Macclesfield. fast forward a few more years and you know we were all pretty much born and then every year i remember dad used to um we used to, we used to bunk off school you know one mm-hmm. day a year actually a couple of days a year one day we would go to Edinburgh and another day we would go to London and it would also be on a Tuesday when mum and dad's chippy was closed
1: yeah, yeah but
0: I remember we used to go to um Edinburgh loads and then we used to always go to Dragon's Castle and Mr Lim he was the um uh the the owner of the restaurant at the time he got on really well with dad but he's mm. he, you know he's one who dad worked for when you were studying when you were applying for universities What was your reason for going up to
1: Edinburgh? I just really liked the city, really, you know, um, because mainly because, like, Dad took us there and uh, just, you know, just wanted to leave home, really, you
0: know. I know. A big
1: change, you know, just excited to leave a small town. I wanted to go to a big city, and it was a city that, um, you know, Dad would take us um, every so often, and um and I think dad felt um quite safe knowing that there'd be someone that he knew in Edinburgh that Mm. not responsibly look after me but you know he just felt safer that there'd be someone around there you
0: know Mm. and then you met um and then you met your husband there as well yeah (laughs)
1: Oh, we can move on there's nothing more, more, more complicated I met my husband and we settled
0: yeah we've got
1: three kids
0: you know what no I think you've think down so okay I'll tell the story so basically uh, Chan was the head chef there you basically married the head chef and then you bought you took over from the restaurant so you bought the restaurant and you named it now the Golden Dragon and um, tell me about your three kids <laughs>
1: They're not out of bed yet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I can say anything I like, really. Oh, no. um, uh, They've got two boys and a girl, and they've got about two years space between them all. Mm -hmm. Um, The two boys do help out at the restaurant. Um, It's a family business, you know, and, uh, yeah, there are moments where it's tough working with your family, um, you know, but um, it's also... Uh, that, you, you know, it's a way of teaching them you, you've got to help out when time is needed, when, you, you, you know, you I, I wouldn't, you know, force them on them. You know, I'm not saying, like, if you don't work here, this is going to happen or that's going to happen, you know, but I do sort of, like, explain it's important that, you know, you do help us out when we are struggling, you
0: know. Yeah. What are your kids' names and what are they, um, and how old are they?
1: Uh, dong Dong be 20 soon chong chong 18 and mimi uh, 16
0: yeah do you think um so obviously the the boys are working in a restaurant and do you think do you think um the way how we were brought up so when we were back in Macclesfield, we were basically we didn't we didn't have a choice we were forced to work in the chippy and we we weren't just man we weren't just working the chip but we were also managing the chip shop as well and we were doing everything. And I remember Christina when, um, when particularly the time when you were still in in Macclesfield and before you went to uni, that yeah. was the time when the chip shop was 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 the busiest. So this would have been around nineteen in the 1990s, and that was, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was when Chip shot was busiest. I think, yeah, looking back, like, you know, I remember, um, I think in the, the generation, like the 1990s, a lot of, like, families, um, or 1980s, a lot of families, when they bought their Chip Shop or Takeaway, um, a lot of them had their uh, home above the shop. Yeah. So it'd be all, all in one unit. So you couldn't really... So if you could hear the shop getting busy downstairs, you, you just instantly go downstairs and help because you just, I used to dread that buzzer. Yeah, the buzzer, know, oh, the that buzzer, the intercom. The intercom, can you come down and help us? So rather than hearing the buzzer, I'd be already down there yeah. uh, just to make sure it doesn't get too much for them, for mum and dad. Because yeah. they can argue as well, you know, it's the pressure of working in the shop, but... As as time went on, a lot, you know, at that time, a lot of families had, you know, all in one unit, the shop above, uh, the the shop below, the the house above. Uh, And then things got a little bit better towards when in the later 1990s, um, when the business was more stable, families started to buy like a home away from the shop. Yeah, you know there were some families and but at the time mum dad or a lot of families at the time just couldn't afford to have a one all-in-one unit and buy somewhere separately as well but uh, you know that was just how it was we just had to have an all-in-one unit just like many families at that time and then things gradually got better for a lot of families and they managed to have a home separate so they separated their business and their home um now for example um When that happened, when people started to live separately from the home, I think people realised, or the Chinese families realised, it's actually a good thing not to live right above the shop uh, unless, you know, there was just nothing you could do because when you finish your work in your shop and you go home, it's a bit of like a reset button, Mm -hmm. you know. It's a bit like when you go home, it's probably just like a a normal day, you know, before COVID, of course, when people used to work in an office. Mm -hmm. You don't want to live in the office as well and work you know you had a separate place Mm -hmm. from your work and your home Mm. it was very tough you know for for them you know so I think things are a little bit different even though I've still continued in hospitality the main difference is that I live separately from my workplace to my home you know and I think that's that's better really you know
0: Mm. I remember um I remember, like when you left to go to uni, and then obviously there was just me, mum, dad, and Andy, and uh, and just what you're saying, like there was arguments as well. Like I remember because working in in a chip shop and obviously working with families, it's it can be very hostile, and it Mm. can be there's a lot of pressure. And I remember sometimes I would hear like mum and dad arguing downstairs, Mm. and it's like oh god, I'm going to have to go down, even though it's not busy or anything. It's like oh they're arguing, you know. So there was it wasn't just my, it's just kind of you know managing you know both your parents relationships because it's really it, it must yeah. be it's, it's tough it, it's really tough yeah. and then and it's not even just that I remember when it was um I remember when the, you know the shop was really busy and then I would go down and then you know I love dad but you know sometimes he would have like a really big temper he'd have a really yeah. big temper and then he'll just like just lash out you know just because it's just so much pressure
1: it's um, a a pressure as well and uh, when you're family you can be a bit too honest with how you feel and how you express you know uh, and uh, you've stepped in that's that's probably the reason why I was I always like to be there early before things flame up a little bit you know Um, uh, I don't like to hear that buzzer I'd rather be there.
0: I hate that buzzer. So for the listeners out there, the buzzer that we're <laughs> the buzzer that we're referring to is the intercom, where it's basically like a walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, from, the, from mounted, the chip shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah from, from the chip shop to the house upstairs, and oh god, it was just awful. But you know what? I always envied takeaway owners who had like a separate house like an actual yes. house i always envied yeah. that you know yeah that, that I, for me it was a luxury it was when thought, such oh gosh, a luxury you've got a se- separate house wow it's a luxury it's such a luxury but like <laughs> mom and dad they just financially they just weren't able to do that mm, and we yes. lived above the shop and then oh the, the annoying thing is like when you were still living at home me you and andy we had to share a room but it's not even mm. just a room it's like two it was like two twin beds so two single beds to make a twin bed. And I remember you and Andy, so like you would sleep in one side, Andy would sleep on the other end, and I would be in the middle. So for like a good, for, for my life, for a good like 11 years, I would always be on the crack for, for 11 years. And then you and Andy, you and Andy would always uh, like kick each other. But obviously if you're trying to kick Andy, you have to kick me. Or if Andy wanted to kick you, then you would have to kick me. Then I was always the one that like, got blamed for it. And do you remember oh, yeah. what Andy used to used to always do? Like, uh, you know, like we always <laughs> joke around. We to be like, right, whoever's the last one to get to bed has to stand down. <laughs> 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 has to turn the lights off. And then yeah. we would always turn the lights off. And Andrew, then, oh, he always used to, like, get out of bed and turn the light back on. So one of us had to get out of bed and, like, turn it off. Mm. Just at the time, it was so annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, got
1: a bit, it got a bit better when uh, Dad uh, got someone to put a container, like, this
0: um oh like an indoor extension yeah yeah we did so an dodgy. indoor extension
1: without uh without planning uh it was just it was just a basically an extended room uh but with a, a extra partition yeah so it was a bit of a container just enough for him to sleep because uh, so, we were getting a bit older you know
0: So I've had someone message me, um, basically, with some suggestions of what I should be, what I could talk about on my next show. So so I'll read it out. So this is from one listener. Watching my sisters raise three half-Asian slash white kids is interesting and has opened my eyes to how I want to raise my kids with my white husband because they may have similar problems to how I grew up. So trying to explain this to my husband can be difficult because it's not something that can be clearly described, but your podcast has helped me explain things to my husband um mm. honestly love your uh, podcast i um, only recently discovered this whole world of British Asians I used to think me and my family were the only ones but there's a whole community of us growing up in a northern mm. town it never felt quite right I used to feel shame of my upbringing but then I moved to London and it opened my eyes and I started to appreciate what my parents did and how it made me mm-hmm. personal today the other one I wanted to read out was um there's someone um messaged me, left me a review on Apple Podcasts and Mm -hmm. said, um, I'm a white British guy married to a Chinese woman and we've settled in Edinburgh for the last few years. We've Mm -hmm. talked about switching citizenship and BBC culture, particularly as we're talking about kids and how they may feel growing up here. Very hard Mm -hmm. to find any media exploring these issues. We'll be interested to hear your thoughts on raising dual heritage bbc kids good work oh, so i think it'd be really heritage. dual heritage well so this dual heritage oh. or it's also bicultural as well so bicultural um, identity it's basically like 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 me and you and also our kids as well because mm. we are one person but we've taken on uh, you know more than one cultural identity mm. so we've got the Chinese side and we've also got the uh, you know the the British side as well mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to speak to you about have a chat with you about what you think is important when you're when you're raising um, you know your kids as well because small things like when I'm speaking to mum mm-hmm. I feel I can't I I, I, I sometimes I kind of find it quite difficult. Not because she's mum, but because there's a language barrier. But your, mm. but Christina, your Cantonese is really good. But my Cantonese is, is a little bit more broken. So there's a language barrier, and also there's a cultural, um, there's a cultural barrier as well between me and mum mm. because there's things which I want to explain to her, but I just a, I don't, I'm not communicating it very well, and b, I just don't think she would understand it. So for mm. example. I, I can't say to mum, oh yeah, mum, I got really drunk last night, because it's just not yeah. what she would understand, mm. whereas sometimes, for example, Ewan, my partner Ewan, he would, you know, maybe after a night out, he would say to uh, Janice and Derek, that, you know, his mum and dad because oh yeah, I'm really hungover, and Janice and Derek, they, they're very open for, you know, us to, like, go out, you know, they would come down to they come down to mm. London and they're like, right, you know, we'll babysit you and you and go out, have a few drinks, you know, it doesn't matter if you come yeah. over the next day. So it's stuff like that. But what do you, um, what do you think is important when you're raising, you know, dum-dum-chung-chung chung, and mimi?
1: In terms of like uh, British culture, I think a lot of uh, it's more about balance of work and life. You work. You have to work hard, but you have to be able to enjoy your life, or go out and meet your friends, or, or it's okay to have a hangover. You know, it's it's fine. Uh, but in Chinese, it's not quite like that. You don't. If you were, you know, hungover, you don't want to tell someone who's like mum's generation. I, I was drunk last night. You don't want to tell her that. You know. Uh, but Chinese people are very You know, like mum's culture It would be very much like um, It's all about uh, working Work, work, work and nothing else You know, but I think um, When it's, it's your, You know, like Your question about someone talking about Oh, this one partner is You know, mixed race Partner of Chinese or, or, And British, you know I think it's it's good to intermingle them, and I think um, I don't really know how to explain, but you know, I wouldn't. Uh, I'd say it's important to have that balance of work uh, with um, a lifestyle and seeing friends and family. You know, in, in mom's generation, you know, when we were younger, family was always really important. But they, but, it, but setting that aside, that was only on a Tuesday, but all the rest of the six days, the full six days. It was all work and nothing but that, you know.
0: And you spoke about um the boys, the Dung Dung and Chung Chung that they're working in the restaurant as well. How does that yeah. how does that make you um feel, you know, because because was it did, did you ask them to work at the restaurant or was it basically their choice? Did they want to work in a restaurant?
1: I wouldn't say uh, they offered they didn't offer (laughs) they didn't offer um, and I don't think I asked them but I must have I I can't even remember that must they must have just started to help out or usually most of the time they'll come in for dinner Mm -hmm. and, and it's busy and then the dinner is delayed so they have no choice. They've got to make sure these orders are out before they can have dinner. So that's how it kind of started, really, like that, you know? Because they'll notice if you don't help out, you're going to have a later dinner. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you think? Um, do, do you think when they worked at the restaurant, does that remind you of us working with mum and dad back in the chippy days? Like, does it does it give you that kind of empathy with how much? Because we didn't, from my point of view, I didn't. We we only see it from our, our side. Like you know, you know, we yeah. had to bond ourselves. So like oh, just I just want to get out with my friends. But now, because you've got your kids working in the restaurant, do you see things more from mum and dad's point of view? Like how much they really depend on us?
1: Yeah, but it's it's for, for from at the time, you know, it was important to help mum and dad. I felt because I I didn't want them to have arguments. You know, I didn't want them to feel that pressure. You know. Mm-hmm for my kids they probably sort of like look at it and think oh I should help mum dad out you know because they don't want them to argue
0: as well so. <laughs> uh, I suppose but, with um I suppose with your kids as well is that um they'd they'd only started working in the restaurant quite recently you know when they were like you yeah. know what, 16 17 sort of thing or maybe 18 yeah. but I think the difference is when we worked at the shop, you know. We oh, were probably, that's a big
1: difference, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a big yeah. difference
0: because we were like, you know, we were 10. And yeah. it's not just me and you, there's a whole generation of people out there. Yeah. Like our cousins, Angela, Kevin, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, You know, Philip. Um, we were
1: like, we were like uh, serving chips, you know, every, a lot of uh, people in, in the, you know, China, uh, you know British born Chinese in the 1990s we were probably just about 10 or maximum 15 years old or 12 years old Mm. and we were serving customers they can be drunk they can be annoying oh yeah Uh, they can be rude they'll they'll ask for a portion of chips but they want a big can you give me a big portion for the same price you know and you know yeah and then but mum and dad didn't know how to uh, teachers or trainers so we just did what the customer told us yeah you know or it's just things like uh you know the difference i suppose with the kids working in the restaurant now is that they're a bit older you know they were like 15 or 16 you know, to give us a hand but a lot of us all our cousins at the time you know we were like probably like 10 and we stood on a little stool mm-hmm. uh you know at, at height with the customer or when i think about it it's like that um that there's a machine, there's a piece of machinery that you put uh, potatoes in, and the machine, you turn the machine and it slices those. Yes, potatoes. I remember to make it uh, into chips. chips to make it into chips you see because um but it was, if you think about it health and safety would definitely not allow us to do that we we're probably like 10 12 years old yeah. and sometimes the potato can get jammed into this drum so you switch the machine off and then you've got to stick your hand in just to nudge that potato mm. or you get another potato to nudge that big uh dodging yeah, potato i you remember know, it, sometimes it will get stuck about, as well yeah yeah sometimes you know it's just like a uh, you get bits of potatoes stuck in, like the, the you know, in the machinery, and you, just, you you just put your your hand in it, you know. But that was things you used to do, you know, and that's what put, uh, uh, gave us the dinner, put the dinner on the table. But it was acceptable at the time, you know. Um, kids at the time when we were working, we were all quite young, or a lot of the cousins and uh, uh, British-born Chinese, they were all working. And still now, you know, they're probably just 10 or 12 years old and they're standing behind the counter. I think that's because they have to bring their family into the premises because they're they're sort of babysitting. You know, the chip shop was a babysitting facility. It was a facility uh, of um, putting dinner, having dinner. It was a a place to do your homework. It was all in one. So, yeah, you're right in saying that when some families eventually got home themselves like separate from the unit mm-hmm. uh you know it was a
0: luxury you know like uh, how do you think do you think your kids upbringing is to ours like do you think they've got a much luxur- luxurious lifestyle to the one that we have oh like, definitely. Kids? Yeah. definitely yeah definitely <laughs> I
1: can't even uh, I can't even say where but yeah definitely they, they've got their own room for a start yeah you know, uh, um, so that's 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 a big difference. That's a luxury.
0: And I think the other thing is as well is that you you give you give your kids like a lot of freedom as well. Uh, like you know you let, them, you let you let you <laughs> let your kids <laughs> go out on weekends. But compared all the weekends, to no you know, all the time. But but compared to what but compared to what we had because although mum and dad were quite liberal for Chinese parents, I, I thought they were quite strict for compared to Western parents. Like yeah. mom and dad didn't let me, didn't really let me go out weekends because I'd be working in the chip quite a lot, and that was just like, that was just a rule, and I couldn't argue with that at all. Mm. Um, and but I know that you know your kids, they've got that. You know, if they want to go out, then they can, they, they, they can mm. go out. You know, and you know what? Uh, one thing like, they, they can go out with reason. They've got to have a good reason.
1: reason.
0: Yeah. Well, they're still living. They're still living at home. But yeah. you know what? I remember when. Uh, our cousin Kevin and Kelly, they got married uh, five years ago, I think it was. And I got really drunk at their wedding. Not really, really drunk, but just like really tipsy. Aww. And then uh, there was talk of them, a... they got married, uh, they had their bite out ceremony, the Chinese ceremony. and then um, uh you know people get drunk and then you make friends and blah 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 weddings it's just like a natural thing to do and I remember um there's someone someone said right after the wedding we're going to go to a casino such an Asian thing we're going to go to a casino and it was like on a Sunday night as well or something and I went oh great and I was like dad 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 I'm going to go to a casino with everyone I'll see you back Mm. later dad was like you are like I'm okay mm-hmm. know like, you know just you know don't you're not you're not allowed to go to the casino you've got to come home you've had too much to drink and I was mm-hmm. like what 32 or something 33 and um, and then like but it's weird because you was at the wedding with me and and you was like oh are we gonna go to to the casino and I went and I said to you I went Oh, I'm not allowed to go to the casino, and you was like, "What do you mean you're not allowed?" I went, oh, I'm like, "Oh, that's it." I'm not allowed. That's it. I'm not allowed to go to the casino, and you was like, But well, You're in your 30s. I'm like, "Yeah, know, but you don't understand." Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like even mm. at that age, I'm still. You still hang on to that 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 kind of way of thinking that you know. If your parents don't, for me, if your parents tell you not to do something, then you just have to you just have to honour it, you know, do you know what I mean, yeah. it's quite hard, but, it's but quite if, hard if, to explain.
1: If, yeah, but if dad wasn't there the, the wedding, you, you would have gone,
0: you know. Oh yeah, 100%, I would have been in it, I would have called all the taxis for everyone. that's what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> when mum and dad sold the shop around 2005, they went their separate ways, and then, Mom did a short um, stint in Dublin, working at my mm. restaurant. Then after mm. that, uh, it didn't really work out for her. Then she moved to Edinburgh, and just organically, uh, mum she worked in your restaurant and also she she lived with you as well. Mm. And I I remember, um, and mum lived with you for like a good like ten years. And I, I know, I have, I've had conversations with my friends in the UK. So, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, where does your mum live? What does your mum do? Mm. And then I'm like, oh, my mum, she works, um, she, my mum lives with my sister in Edinburgh. And they're like, what? But that, again, culturally, culturally, <laughs> but you know, a lot of, like, basically in Asia,
1: mm.
0: when we, there's culturally, your culture, your, your parents, they would move in with you. If, yeah. if they needed to, but I feel like in uh, in the Western part of the world, mm. you can obviously that's still an option, but it's very um, it's very common that when your older parents uh, when you've already settled and you've got parents who are getting old, um, mm-hmm. then they would you would put them in a home. So then that's something which I'd quite like to talk about because again this cultural identity and uh, of, of your family so it's not just about your mm. kids it's about your parents as well
1: mm, yeah it's like um you know when parents get older for example i mean mum's mom, to me i think she's relatively young you know she's yeah. 65 but say like when she gets to her 70s uh, you know a lot of for example uh, in hong kong let's say in hong kong um a lot of the if you if you've got the space, uh, um, you would make your parents or your elderly parents live in with you, yeah, because it's about, uh, you know, they follow uh, Confucius. Uh, it's about being house son. Mm-hmm. It's been um, looking after your parents right to their very last day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't follow that, it's like you're a bad daughter or you're a bad son. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a very Chinese way. But not everyone, you know, can look after their parents. It's a, a big commitment, you know, to live with your parents. Uh, and the British way is very much, well, if you get older, um, you know, it's acceptable to put them in a care home. Yeah. I, I don't see there's anything wrong with it because um, if you, you know, it's a big commitment to look after an elderly person. You know, it's a lot of physical uh there's a lot of emotional support you've got to give them mm-hmm. uh you know um uh, it's just a lot more into it you know so but in chinese it's like oh you put me in a care home that's that's terrible you can't do that mm-hmm. you know uh but i see in 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 britain it just even if you've got the space in your house sometimes you if your parents are in a different home your relationship is more blossoming it's actually a better relationship because you don't see each other so much Mm -hmm. your your distance maybe even you could be in the next village you could be or five miles away Uh, if you live separately your relationship is more fruitful I feel because you're not living together Mm -hmm. but when you do live together it's Uh, yes it's about face you know you tell the Chinese yes my parents I look after my parents really well I cook for for her or I cook for him yeah my my dad or cook for my mom it's a very sort of like image thing but Mm. behind the closed doors it's actually very tough for the daughter or the son Mm. you know Uh, but in um, Chinese culture it's about Confucius you know it's about uh, looking after them and by looking after them you let me look, move in with them or they move in with you but in the British it's still you know the same belief of looking after your parents but it's a different route you know um, it's, it's acceptable to make them live separately mm. you know uh, when I look at uh, our grandparents or oh, Ama when granddad passed away and Ama looking back when I think about it uh, um, I actually feel very sorry for her because in the nineteen nineties uh, she was tr- she was she was moved about in various families and she spent a few weeks in our house. She spent a few weeks in uh, uh, another cousin's house and another cousin's house. But thinking about it, in, in in anyone's old age, you want your own home, mm. you want your own space. You know, a bedroom won't do, and you don't want to change bedrooms every four or five weeks. Mm. Uh, you know she's transferred from one place then to another to another uh and yes,, uh, she had a great heart, of course, because she was helping her her kids or by looking after the grandchildren. but you know she never really had her own home mm-hmm. uh you know, and there, it was probably because we couldn't afford to find uh, a own home for her, but I think a lot of the time is because the you know our parents' English wasn't good enough to. Find that help uh, for her to have a an actual home. But if you imagine anyone who's getting older, you want your own sort of little little home, little coziness, you know. Yeah. Uh, but grandma never really had that, you know. And I think that's why things are are changing in our in the Chinese British Chinese is that um, we want to make sure that uh, it's it's fine uh, for parents to move out and to li- live in their own home you know mm. uh, but uh, there's still a lot of people probably frown a little bit about that you know mm. um, having parents moving in with them but that's because they find it's more convenient uh, you don't have to like take a dinner over to them like 10 miles away but it, you know it's equally it's, it's it's tough living with them you know mm. um, well, it's an
0: extra person to live with them. And, and like you said yeah. you know like working with a parent or you know or living with them it's not going to be it's not going to be easy and as you said you know when you're uh, the way how you you treat them you could be very a bit too honest with them as well that's Mm. what I would be you know with mum and um, just for clarity uh, mum's moved out she's got her in place now but she's still very she's still very close to to you guys Mm. though I wanted to talk to you about um, about like body shaming. So one mm-hmm. thing that I really, I really hate, and I really, really hate it, is that um, I think for me, so uh, the way how my, you know, my, my body, I'm not, I'm not skinny. I'm not like the um, the stereotypical girls that you see in Hong Kong. Uh, so when I go to Hong Kong, I get called fei moi. I get called fat. Uh, i get called uh you know not even not necessarily in an in, a, in a, an aggressive like uh, mm-hmm. wow you know you're so big not mm-hmm. but like as a as a hee hee ha you know as a conversational mm-hmm. and um when aunts and uncles tell me i'm fat or off put on weight it just makes me feel like crap and especially when mm-hmm. when i'm back then um i remember when i went to hong kong when i was a teenager and you know what it's like, as a, as a teenager, you, you're mm. trying to fit in, you're trying to look good. Um, and yeah, you're most self-conscious about yourself as well. So self-conscious. Well, even now mm. I can be quite self-conscious of myself. And, but it's quite difficult to, like, when, and, when, when Asian aunties say that, you know, I've put a weight or they criticise my body, I, I, I can't help but feel very upset by it. Even though I don't, mm. even though I don't show it on my mm. face, i just go, oh, you know. Yeah yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when you went to Christina, you finished, you cut the cake. Um, right, oh, okay. I, 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 I don't remember that. Uh, but, you, but you cut the cake. And then I, I remember right. um, a cake was dished out to all the guests. And okay. then back then, you know, I think I was like 18 at the time. Um, oh. And I think back then I was like I wasn't fat, but I was just you know I was just maybe a bit plump, just how I am mm. now, you know I'm like a size 12 mm. i I'm not fat at all. Um, and i and I remember I remember vividly I was chatting to Dad and I was chatting to one of the aunties and uh, the auntie said to me they said cake, Johnny, yeah, which basically means why are you eating cake for? And she looked up and down at me. I and mean, then you know what? After that, I put the cake down. I just didn't eat it.
1: Because mm. I was just so
0: mm. self-conscious that that, that happened. Uh, yes. because because the auntie said to me that basically said to me I'm fat and I shouldn't be eating the cake. Although that wasn't her entire words, but because because it was mm. how I was feeling, and because it was targeted to me, I just felt like I just didn't you know, it's just not being. Mm. It's just not a nice feeling when someone associates you with being overweight or the body yeah. body shaming you. And I just think that sort of thing is quite common in the um, in Asian society. You know, where aunts yeah. and uncles they will say things without thinking. They, they probably yeah. don't mean it. You know, mm. in a nasty way that they, they probably don't mean it. Like in a way how it will make you um, not eat your food. But the reality is. For a younger generation, if you body if you body shame them, it will affect them mentally and also physically, mm. and just and also I remember uh, I met with another one of my aunties um, who isn't around anymore, and we bumped into her, and I must have been about, you know what I came back from Canada, and I remember I, I went to Canada. Uh, from mum oh. dad. So okay. me and dad we ate like kings and queens and I ate so much cheese and you know the portions are mm-hmm. so big and because we we're meeting mm-hmm. with other aunts and uncles we were eating out yeah. having go yam time like every day for a whole month. And yes I did put on weight. But at the time I was like 14 and I remember when I came back to the UK and I'd um and we went went somewhere with me, Dad and I think the family went out somewhere and uh so one of my aunties and then she said, wow pui, you whole door which means oh mm-hmm. Georgia you've put on a lot of weight and mm-hmm. I remember that evening Dad mm-hmm. had cooked us dinner and then I didn't eat yeah. dinner and dad was mm-hmm. like, so, let me sit by now? which means yeah. why are you not yeah. eating your dinner? And and I just said and I can't remember what, I can't quite remember what I said, but I remember Dad saying, Lay my fear for you, they sit fat now," which means, oh, "You're not yeah. fat, just eat your dinner." Because I think you he must dinner. have remembered. Yeah, mm. yeah, but I didn't okay. want to eat. I didn't want to eat, and I was 14, and like, mm. you have to eat. You can't skip your meals. But because of yeah, what she yeah, said to definitely. me, because of what she said to me, she made me not want to eat. And it's mm. such a bad thing to say. And I just really, and it can just, be... Um, Chinese people
1: can be, you know, in mum dad's generation, very direct, so direct, uh, direct but not really quite realizing the consequences of how people could feel, even if you're a niece or a nephew, you know. Uh, but they would think, oh, it's okay to be fat, or it's okay to be, and it's it is, you know. It's um, it's just, you know, when they say it affects you how you feel, you know, because. Chinese culture is like, oh, it's it's good to be, uh, to put on weight because you must be whole sick, whole due, you know, you must you must live well, you must be prospering, uh, you know. But, you know, I wouldn't go around, you know, saying to someone, oh, you've put on weight, I've not seen you for a month, you know. Uh, even if someone has, I wouldn't say that to them. Or if someone wants to eat a piece of cake, I'd say, yeah, you know, if, you know, they must say, well, you know, just eat, go for it, you yeah. know. But if you came to my house, I would tell you to at least put the
0: yeah. place away. Put it away. If, if, if you are a
1: guest, I wouldn't, you know. But, you know, I'm just saying, you're like a close family. I always tell the kids to clean up. Yeah, you know, Yeah, after
0: them. yeah. 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 <coughs> yeah. Okay, so before we wrap up, Christina, uh, I normally play like a little fun game with my guests and I'm going to oh say gosh, two things. I never do very well. Oh. No, 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 it's fine. I'm going to say two things to you and you have to tell okay. me what you lean more towards. So, um, Oh, I see. Yeah, so rice or chips? Oh, rice, definitely. Yeah? <laughs> um, Kowloon or Hong Kong Island?
1: Kowloon.
0: yeah. Kowloon is, uh, I I feel that's more like my second home in Hong Kong, like Hong Kong Island, because obviously, you know, our parents our parents and our grandparents are actually from like um, yeah, yeah I, I, live- I don't
1: really know i don't know hong kong island very well no. no. whenever we uh lucky enough to go to hong kong we're always at kowloon so i, yeah, I don't know hong
0: too. kong but kowloon is more uh, local yeah. hong kong i find it's yeah. more authentic cantonese or english oh that's a hard one i'm always mixing yeah. yeah you know what i think um i think out of all the British-born Chinese people I know, I think your Chinese is, like, is like the best. And so many people have said that as well. Because I think, I remember when we were growing up, you were speaking Cantonese so much like, to mum and dad. And I mm. felt like when I was speaking Cantonese, I, I was very conscious of it because I didn't want my friends to hear me speak Cantonese. Because, you know, you're just trying to fit in. Mm. But I felt like you didn't really... I mean, really, there's, there's a
1: lot of people like 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 uh, British-born Chinese have really good Cantonese. You know, I still got a bit of an accent. Like, if if I like I've got a friend from Hong Kong mm-hmm. and she can hear that I speak differently, like mm. I've got a funny accent. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's, it's fine. It's, it's but boring. I think
0: yours, but I think your Cantonese you can get you can like it, it's very it's it's very near perfect for me. It's very near perfect. But do you think oh. it's because? do you think it helps because obviously your lo gong like um, mm-hmm. is, is, is Chinese that, that makes you, you know, it, it, it oh. makes you speak speak more in Cantonese
1: yeah, yeah. I, I just for for uh, um, uh, do you think you should explain to people what Fade Day means?
0: Oh yeah. Oh god. You know what? I explained it in my very first episode. I actually expl- I, when and it's I say about the family, well. I know. So basically, and I got people, few people messaging me as well. So Fade Day means Fat Boy, and that is it his does nickname. Mean fat Boy. Yeah. It does and mean Fat Boy, and that is his nickname. nickname. And, his nickname. And,
1: he, and he doesn't find it offensive at all. <laughs> and people who get there's lots of. Uh, 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 Boys or men that call fade and they don't find it offensive you know uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but it does literally means fat porn. Yeah. and he, he does just respond
0: to it. Yeah, because yeah. I call him Figago, and I've always called him Figago. But on my phone, I call him Fat Boy Slim. So whenever like Fat Boy Slim calls me or messages me, my friends like, "Oh my god, you've just got this call from Fat yeah. Boy Slim." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." I'm like, "No, it's not that one." Oh. But it's when, so what was the question? What was the question again? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, Cantonese. Sorry, Cantonese or English? <laughs> <laughs> Cantonese. Cantonese. And final one. yeah, or oh no. Ay-ya. Ay-ya. i i
1: t- I think I' did, uh, before watching uh, Uncle Roger I didn't realize we actually say that a lot
0: <laughs> we actually you know, say it a lot
1: we go we have a lot of uh, I don't know what you call them, they're just tones, uh like i we we do, we say that a lot we go, expressions ay-yo. yeah, expressions we we do that quite a lot, you know, yeah, yeah. I know
0: i I, um, I didn't say, hey, yeah, but i, yeah, but oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, well Christina, this um uh, this comes to the end of our uh podcast. I've honestly it's been really good. You know what? It's really weird because we don't really know. Well you I know what, we don't really we don't we don't really talk about this. This is I feel like this is the first time that we've spoken about our like properly about our chippy days and our family upbringing mm. We don't really talk about it so we should talk about it you know, more because it's been it's been really interesting so christina thank you very much for joining me on uh, episode eight i think i had a really interesting chat uh, Okay. also do you love me yes of course i love you <laughs> i thought i'd say that because chinese people don't really you say oh saying, yeah i love you
1: yeah. yeah i love you we don't really say that do we? Oh, i love you too that's probably the first oh, time i've told you that yeah. <laughs> mm sorry about the technical problems
0: (laughs) no no no, it's fine it's fine you know my my last episode which I had with Daniel Wang uh I
1: had had to record that is is, is that the DJ
0: the DJ yeah Yeah, I had a really interesting chat with him he's like Mm, it was just so fun chatting to him but we Mm. had well mainly for me I had massive um technical issues like I had to we had to do it in
1: three takes it's ridiculous oh really so it's worked
0: out today then it's it's today it's worked out today yeah i've done it all in one time Daniel, Daniel. especially early for this oh thank you so much (laughs) for anyone listening i just let you know we started our (laughs) podcast at eight o'clock in the morning (laughs) okay thank you so much okay Bye. bye and that's my sister what a babe she is I'm so lucky to have her in my life and thank you so much Christina for joining me on episode number eight I did actually ask her if she had anything to plug such as her restaurant but she was just being really humble so I'll just plug it for her golden dragon edinburgh that's their instagram handle the best chinese restaurant in edinburgh and it's on castle street which is so central so when the pandemic is over please go to edinburgh and visit them or if you are in edinburgh they are open for takeaway and they're also available on delivery. so please check them out okay guys thanks for listening stay safe out there see you soon la